This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. On today's podcast episode, it's going to be a solo one and I'm going to talk to you about how to become more confident. Now, I'm a little bit annoyed at myself because I recorded this podcast episode three or four days ago and I didn't realize it hadn't recorded the audio. So I did the video, but on the audio, which is so annoying, I went away for a few days Can I just say, if any of you are feeling really burnt out, you're feeling exhausted, there is so much magic in just getting away from your environment, even if it's for two days and you come back so refreshed. So I went to the Gold Coast for anyone that is not from Australia or hasn't visited Australia. The Gold Coast is in Queensland and it's a, it's beautiful, right? It's by the sea and the weather's, the weather was just like, 22 degrees sunshine it was so nice and I'm feeling so refreshed anyway that is besides the point I wanted to record a podcast episode before I left so when I came back I wasn't stressing going oh you know I've got so much work when I get back uh turns out that didn't work right so I recorded it uploaded it onto YouTube did all the things and all you can see is me, but you can't hear me, which is not really helpful for a podcast. So here we are round two. I guess a silver lining is that I had a practice run. So hopefully this podcast episode is going to be even better than the first one. So with this episode, I really want to go over my own journey with confidence because it's even funny me saying I'm recording a podcast episode teaching you all on how to become more confident as if I'm some guru. I am no guru, but I have learned a lot along the way and there was plenty of times in my life where I have lacked confidence in so many different aspects and I've learned a lot and I feel like the place that I'm in at the moment I I feel really confident as a person I believe that we can always improve and become better but I really like who I am and life is good because of that and I know that for me in particular in my teens in my 20s I really lacked self-confidence and that really affected the quality of my life, but also what I achieved and what I didn't achieve and the opportunities that I let slip by because I just didn't believe that I was worthy, number one, or that I could actually achieve the whatever thing that I had in my, the, whatever goal I had in my mind. And I don't want you guys to waste your life doing that. So hopefully this is going to provide you with value. Of course, it's going to provide you with value. It's going to be really helpful and hopefully you don't make the same mistakes I made. Now, before we get into today's podcast episode, I just want to say thank you again for all of your support. Girlfit Method has the best listeners on the planet. I'm calling it. I am calling it. And I would go to war for anyone else that says that they aren't. You guys are incredible. The messages I receive, honestly, just make my heart so happy. You got no idea. Like I'm just talking right now. I'm talking into a microphone, just looking at my face on a screen. It's very, it's kind of weird when you think about it. And then I just put it out into the world, hoping that you guys enjoy it or you get some value from it. So when I hear from you, it's like, oh yes, awesome. Okay, I need to keep doing this. I really, really, really love it. And I truly do appreciate it. And once again, if you're wanting to get in to the draw to win a $100 Gymshark giveaway voucher, 
make sure you rate or review the podcast. So you can only, I believe, rate the podcast five stars on Spotify, and then you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And I'm not sure about other platforms, but if you take a screenshot of that, send it to me on Instagram through DMs, I will pop you into the winning to win that Gymshark voucher. Once again, thank you so much for all of your support. And um, it sounds like you're enjoying the podcast, which is absolutely what I want to hear. And that's why I do this, to make you guys happy and to improve your life. So let's talk about confidence today. And I'm going to start off or kick things off with talking about my own journey. So it's kind of funny when I think back to what I was like as a kid. So some people had really low self-esteem or they had confidence issues going back from their childhood, right? I kind of did not. I was going to say I had the opposite, but I, I didn't really have the opposite. I just didn't really think of myself in a negative light. I was teased and bullied a little bit in primary school. You guys know my story of having ADHD. I found school really difficult to concentrate. And so I think school affected my confidence in a way because I kind of felt like I was dumb and because I just couldn't concentrate for the life of me. But besides that, I felt like pretty happy as a child. My mum, <laughs> my mum always told me I was beautiful. In particular, she talked a lot about my appearance. And I think that stems back from the fact that in her upbringing, she never heard that from her mum. So she never wanted me to feel the way that she felt. So she would tell me all the time how beautiful I was, how beautiful I was. And I used to just think, well, yeah, I guess I am. Like, I guess I am pretty beautiful. Not in a, um, not in a up myself. I'm not sure if that's a saying in other countries, but in Australia, that kind of means, you know, you're being a little bit cocky. I just kind of thought I was fine. I thought I was really pretty and like, and I guess there was a bit of an emphasis on my appearance because of that. And I'm sure that my mum didn't do that deliberately, but I guess we all internalize things in, in a different way. So I kind of went through primary school feeling pretty good. I hit high school and I have this specific memory, which I've talked about on the podcast before. It's kind of funny. Okay. So I used to sort of think the world revolved around me, which I think majority of children do, right? Hit about 13, 14 and it's a school day and it's a casual day. So I used to have to wear a particular uniform and then some days we'd have days where we could just wear whatever casual clothes we wanted to wear. So I have my outfit. I'm feeling really good. I think I look great. Rock up at school. And my friend came and I looked at her and she looked really good. And it kind of threw me. <laughs> and I was not jealous there was no ounce of jealousy in me, but it was like this penny drop moment where I was like, oh, there are other people in the world that look good too. And maybe that was the beginning of comparison for me. I didn't feel threatened by her, but I found it really interesting. Here's me growing up thinking I am the bees and ease. My mom's just told me I'm the most beautiful thing on the planet. I'm feeling pretty good. And then I start realizing there's other people that are also attractive and that also look really good. And that's probably where things started. And I guess that's when I become I became aware of other people and where I kind of, where I fit, right? So from there, I, because I really did like self-confidence in other aspects of my life, I didn't really know who I was. I think majority of young people don't, right? You're learning about yourself. But I placed a lot of weight on the way that I looked. And I think maybe 
what I was told as well growing up also put an emphasis on that. So that's what I thought was probably the best thing about me because people complimented me on that. Oh, you're so pretty or, you know, this or that. And I don't think I'm anything special, but, you know, I just I thought that that was a really important thing. So I put all of my eggs in one basket and that was the most important thing about me. Now, this is the issue, is that when you place all of your confidence in one thing, especially something like your appearance, you're going to be really unhappy because we all learn and figure out that there is a big wide world out there with lots and lots and lots of very good looking people, people that are better looking than you, plenty of people that are better looking than me. So if I'm placing all of my value and my importance, then then where does, you know, if someone comes into my life that's better looking, then do I feel like I'm not going to be good enough because I'm not number one? And I was a massive perfectionist as well. High achiever. I set myself very high expectations. And if I didn't reach those, then I'd feel terrible about myself. And I think a part of that was a bit of self-sabotage. Like I'd set expectations so high, I'd be an anxious mess. And then I would be so upset with myself and I would hate myself for not achieving or being what I thought I should be. And that a lot of that did come down to the way that I looked and what my body looked like as well. So I really struggled with this. It probably got worse and worse and worse, in particular in my 20s, in my early 20s. And I remember sometimes having events or like going out uh, with friends and not feeling like I looked good in an outfit or not knowing what to wear or feeling like I was having a fat day. And feeling so depressed because of it that I would not go out and I would just, I would sit in my bed and cry because I, I just hated myself. Really, really sad. I don't know if any of you can relate to that. I, I think a lot of us have been in that situation before, which is so sad because the beautiful thing about being young is you've got your youth and you're just beautiful because you've got incredible energy about you when you're young, like life should be exciting. But I was so focused on the way that I looked and my flaws that that stopped me from really living so much of my life. So this really spiraled into an unhealthy relationship with food and exercise. And so I was using these two things, food and exercise, to control what my body looked like. And without any knowledge or education on the type of food I should be consuming or how much food I should be consuming and what kind of exercise is going to be best. I just thought more was better and I tried everything. And, you know, that's me. I ended up spiraling into feeling quite depressed, actually. Like I would say clinical depression. I ended up with an eating disorder, which eventually landed me actually in hospital. And I'm going to bring up this a story that happened um, to me when I was in the depths of my eating disorder, which I think is really relevant for this podcast episode. But I'm not going to touch on that right now. If I flash forward to the person that I am today, I can honestly say to you, I do not think about my body, really. I don't really think about it. It is not the focus of my life. My appearance is also not the focus of my life. I would say the best thing about me is me. I really like who I am and I'm nowhere where I want to be. There is so much that I want to improve on, but ultimately... I think I'm a really good person and I think I've got really good qualities and I never want to settle. I always want to become a better version of myself. And I also see the value in improving the lives of other people and 
helping other people see their value. And that actually brings me so much joy and and really reaffirms to me that I am a good person, right? That I am leaving a good legacy. And that's brought me more joy than just looking really good or having like a really good body or getting attention from the opposite sex or even from girls, right? It's brought me so much more satisfaction. And that's what I want for you guys. So I've kind of noted down five points that I want to raise today around confidence and what's really helped me improve my confidence. I'm going to touch on the story. I think this is a really great place to start. I'll touch on the story about when I had my eating disorder. Now, um, I'm not going to talk much about the eating disorder, but I, I want to talk to you about something that I found so interesting. And that was I ended up going into hospital, right? Because I was I'm very unwell, but into going into details on that, but I was not well. Now, I had some parts of my body that I hated and there were things about my body that I wanted to change and I thought once those would change, I would start to like myself better. One of those things was cellulite. So I used to think, I remember exercising and just like zoning in on the parts of my body that had cellulite and I was like, yes, I'm like burning away this cellulite or if I lose more weight, that cellulite will go. Now, the thing with cellulite is that it's highly genetic, right? Now, I've always been a very small person, but I've always had cellulite and it's a very normal thing. I got to a point where I was so unwell, right? So I had an eating disorder. I was so underweight that I was in hospital. And guess what I had? I still had cellulite on the back of my legs. It did not go away. And I remember thinking to myself, my goodness, I am going to die with cellulite. It doesn't matter what I do. I've gone to the absolute extremes in that I've put my life at risk and I still have it. And here I am still hyper-focusing on it. I have two options. I continue to hyper-focus on it and hate myself every single day for something I can't change. Or I realize I can't change it and I figure out a new way to deal with it. And that is changing my views around it and accepting it. I want to talk about body acceptance and how important that is for confidence. There are so many different elements to confidence, but a big part of it is the way that we look, right? And having unrealistic expectations on what we think we should look like. The journey of confidence with body image is a long one. And I think for most women and even men as well, it's a lifelong journey. With with your body, the way that I have gotten to the place that I'm in at the moment, and there's just so much that's gone into this. But really at the at the root of it is that I've had to accept me and everything that I am. And that is even the things that I don't particularly like about myself or that society says isn't good enough. And I've decided that I am going to change that narrative in my mind and that I'm going to become super stubborn and I'm not going to let absolutely anybody tell me that I can't live a full, happy life, that I can't be attractive, that I can't attract people into my life that are deserving of me because of the way that I look. If we think about all the body trends that go through, you know, like even since I've been alive, right, my 30 years, there's been such a different look that has been in fashion, I guess, or that society deems as attractive. You can't be all of those things. It's like, you know, the in the 90s, it was like looking really, 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 really thin up and down. And then, you know, we've transitioned into this like slim, thick sort of thing, right? You can't be all of those things all the time. And if all you're looking for is gaining validation 
that you fit into society's norms of expectations of beauty, you're going to be so disappointed. The other thing as well is you're going to get old and there is always somebody hotter than you. You'll get old, you'll get wrinkles and what? Then what else do you have to offer? Do you just live the rest of your life if you get into your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, your 70s, your 80s and you continue to hate yourself more because you don't fit society's norm? Well, you can't. I mean, you can, but it's a horrible existence doing that. Body acceptance is a really powerful thing. It doesn't require you to love your body, which I hope each and every one of you get to that point. But body acceptance, I feel like is that that in the middle where it feels attainable because sometimes loving our body can feel impossible, right? And it's a big jump from hating yourself to loving yourself. But accepting yourself is something different and it's sitting with your thoughts. It's sitting with the negative thoughts and then it's being, and then it's questioning those, right? So let's talk about the cellulite. Okay, so I still have cellulite. Do I love my cellulite? To be honest with you, I don't care about it. Do I love it? Not really. Do I hate it? Not really. It just is. It just is a part of me now. And I've accepted that. Does that impact my life in any way? No. Do I allow it to get me down? No. I wear things that I feel comfortable wearing. And I also just don't even think about it. And I don't think anybody has ever looked at me and gone, geez, she's got some serious cellulite. And you know what? Which I don't, by the way. I have cellulite, but I don't, I don't feel like it's more than the average. But if they were to even think that, what strange people and also what sad people. I never look at someone and think that. But I decided that I wanted to live my life and I wasn't going to let anything stop me from achieving whatever I wanted to, to putting anything else, any kind of outfit on that I felt comfortable wearing and confident wearing, right? So I learned to accept the good and the bad, sat with my thoughts and rewired the way that I thought about myself. I used to have very negative thoughts pop into my head about myself and I would allow those to ruminate and to grow. Almost like when you're planting something, right? You pop a seed in, then you feed that seed. And if you're feeding those negative thoughts about yourself, it will grow and it'll grow really deep roots. And it's really hard once you've grown those deep roots to dig them out. You can do it, but it's going to take time. And it it took me time, took me years and years and years and years to get to where I am right now. And it may take you years and years and years and years, but you've got to think of the alternative. If you don't work on it today, if you don't start to question those thoughts and sit with those thoughts and maybe think, do you know what? Are they reality or are they serving me? Are they getting me closer to what I want to achieve? Then all that's going to happen is they'll go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and you'll be a really sad person. Body acceptance, really important. So that's my first point. My second one is around working on your character and figuring out where you actually gain your confidence. Confidence now for me looks like looks like what I value and living out what I value. So I think about the person that I want to be. I think about the things that I want to achieve in my life. And then I look at my actions and I think, are my actions aligning with the person that I want to be and the person that I know that I am? When I follow through on what I tell myself I want to do, I gain a lot of confidence in that. I become proud of myself and I think that's awesome, Tash. You worked really hard or you chose the hard option instead of the easy option here. And I can reflect back on that and be happy with myself. And confidence grows that way. Now, the next thing to think about here is habit stacking. So some of us will, you know, I've been guilty of this as we set a goal for ourselves and then we 
can't achieve it or we don't do it perfectly and then we feel like we've failed and then it's all out the window, right? Then we're a terrible person and we can't do anything right. Habit stacking is really, really a really helpful tool to help you build your confidence. And that is breaking whatever it is in your life that you're going through right now into very bite-sized small pieces. And this can even this can even be valid for your body image. So let's just say you are struggling at the moment with the way that your body looks. Well, then instead of thinking, do you know what? I want to lose 10 kilos. And until I lose those 10 kilos, I'm not going to be happy with myself. And then next week you've got a friend's dinner and then you go over your calories and then you beat yourself up about it. And you go, do you know what? I have failed and I'm not going to achieve my end goal. Ah, ah, ah. We're going to break this down and we're going to celebrate those small little habits that you are implementing into your life. Right. So what are you going to do today to get you closer towards that goal? Are you going to make sure that you're drinking enough water? Are you going to make sure that you're going to go for a 20 minute walk? These tiny little habits are number one achievable for you. And then once you achieve those, you gain that confidence within yourself. And then before you know it, you look back and you go, wow, I've achieved so much just by doing that. But it requires you to break things down. We look at the big picture and we look at a big goal that we're wanting to achieve. It is completely overwhelming. And if we just focus on that, you're never going to do things perfectly, first of all, right? So if, you, if you're thinking to yourself, in order for me to achieve this goal, I need to do everything every single day. I need to rush it. I need to be at that end goal quicker than is actually possible, then you're going to feel like you failed and you're back at square one. But what's even worse is that narrative playing around in your mind that you're not good enough, that you can't achieve things. And of course, that's going to impact your confidence. You need to set yourself up for success. And the way that you do that is you set yourself achievable, small goals. You create new habits each day. You continue to do those. Those build confidence in yourself. That's what actually will get you towards your goal. Then you'll be able to reflect back and go, do you know what? I achieved that. Do you know what I could achieve now? I could achieve so much more than I even thought possible. But it's going to require you to break that down, habit stack and celebrate those small wins. My next point is going to be tied in slightly and that is perfectionism. I am a recovered perfectionist and I would hope that anyone out there that is a high achiever, type A and also labels themselves as a perfectionist that you stop doing that And you tell yourself that you are no longer a perfectionist and you don't identify as that. Perfectionism is the one thing that is going to hold you back from being a happy person and from actually achieving things. And what's funny is we think, oh, we just set really high expectations for ourselves. Now, I just want to preface this by saying I don't think there's anything wrong with having high expectations. But what's also really important is being realistic And understanding, am I setting high expectations here because I believe I can achieve this thing? Or am I setting myself high expectations because I'm actually trying to self-sabotage? Because I know that I won't be able to achieve this thing. And then in turn, it's going to becoming it's going to become this self-fulfilling prophecy where, look, oh, I haven't achieved something again and I'm back at square one. Perfectionism will be the one thing that holds you back because you'll never be able to do anything perfectly. What I have learned in my life is that I, you know, I say that I was a perfectionist. I held myself back from achieving so much because I was scared of failing and I was scared of what other people would think if I didn't do things perfectly. And I was scared of the the way I would judge myself if I didn't do things perfectly. This is going to now run into my next point, which is failure. 
and your relationship with failure and how that will really hold you back from becoming a confident person. Failure to me was the scariest thing on the planet. Like I mean terrifying. I didn't give anything a go unless I thought I was going to be the best at it. And I like being the best at things. I love being the best at things, right? I think we probably all do. But you can't be the best at everything. You just can't. I even, and you know, with business is actually a really great way to um, explain this. So when I started my business, I was so scared. I was so scared of number one, stepping out of my comfort zone, putting myself out there. Do you know when you don't have a following on social media, how hard it is to get up on stories and talk to yourself in a camera when there's maybe like two people watching, right? It's not the easiest thing to do. Trust me. It is so difficult and people love to support you when you're doing well. But at those beginning stages, a lot of people will sit back and they will judge. I was really scared of just starting something. With my business, I had this feeling inside of me that I needed to I needed to start GirlFit Method. I had never run a business before. I was terrified. I was in an established career. I was doing really well. But I just had this thing inside of me. Call it intuition. I don't know what the heck it was. But I knew I needed to start something. The fear of failing, the fear of failing publicly terrified me. But do you know what the biggest lesson was? Is that along the way in business, and I can think about every aspect of my life. Let's talk about even the fact that I got married at 19, was married for 12 years and my marriage failed. First divorce in my family. And to view that as a failure is very easy to do. I can think, you know, marriage to me was always really important and it was forever. And here's me at the age of 32 and I failed it. I failed. Now I can view it that way and you can view whatever it is in your life that you value as important or something that you wanted to achieve that hasn't worked out the way that you wanted to as a failure. And then in turn, what that's going to do is tell you that you're a bad person. The way that I could view that is Tash, you know, and I could do this with business. You know, you didn't achieve what you thought you should have achieved. Your marriage has failed. Like what kind of, like you're a terrible person. You're never going to be happy again or whatever it is, the narrative that I can tell myself or what I can do is use every experience in my life as a way to number one, learn about myself and number two, become better. Failure is your greatest teacher. And that is what I have learned. And there is a silver lining in everything, absolutely everything. We cannot control some things in our lives. What we can control is the way that we view those things. My mentor once said to me at a time that was really difficult for me, he said, life happens for us and not to us. And I remind myself of that constantly. So what happens now is that when I go into any kind of situation in my life or goal that I'm wanting to achieve and it doesn't go to plan, I tell myself, ah, what am I learning from this? How is this going to grow me as an individual? And what can I do next time to ensure this doesn't happen again? But I don't internalize that. I use that as fuel to become better. If we don't use that as fuel to become better, all that does is that it affects our confidence and we become a smaller version of ourselves. 
and we become fearful of trying anything again. We become fearful of starting another business once that business failed. We become fearful of working on our health and fitness and we feel like we didn't do things perfectly before or we gained all the weight back. Or when we failed that test or that degree, we don't go back and try to study again. We tell ourselves we're not capable of doing that when in fact, no, we can't do it. Again, going back to perfectionism, we never can do things perfectly. We need to learn. When a toddler learns to walk, what do they do? They fall over, but they get back up. And how do they actually learn to walk without falling over? They get back up once they've fallen, they take another step. And then the next day, they might be able to take two steps in a row and then three steps in a row, but they continuously fall, right? And they get to the point where they have mastered that skill. And that is with everything in life for us. But what we do too often is we fall, we trip over and we go, oh, okay, well, let's not do that again. I've failed. I'm not good enough. I'm going to live small. I'm not going to get out of my comfort zone again. And I'm just going to settle for the fact that I'm I'm an incapable person of achieving what I want to achieve, which is just so incorrect. So really changing your relationship with failure is honestly just so incredibly powerful. Okay, my last point is what you allow to ruminate in your mind, what you allow yourself to hear and the people that you allow to be in your life will make such a huge impact on your confidence and the way that you view yourself. Let's talk about social media for a moment. Social media has the power to just absolutely destroy you. There is so many people that will show you the highlight reels of their life. You will get access to the most attractive people, the richest people, the most successful people. Whatever it is that you're comparing yourself to, you get access to the best of the best, right? And then on top of that, you don't just get access to the best of the best. You get access to the people that fake it. And how many of them are there that fake that? And here you are living your little life where you feel like you're not good enough and all you're doing is you're scrolling and you are comparing yourself to all of these people, which may be actually more successful, which may be better looking than you. But how the heck is that serving you by focusing on that? It's not. It is not serving you. And the only person to blame here is you because you are allowing your eyes to see that, you're allowing your ears to hear, you know, whether that's music, podcasts, people that you allow in your life, huge. Who are you Who are you letting into your small circle? Who is in your inner circle and what are they telling you? Are they telling you that you're not good enough, that you need to make them happy, that you don't match up to them? Whose fault is that? Well, number one, it's your fault because you really truly do need to allow yourself and be in control of whoever you allow into your circle, right? That can be like easier said than done, especially if it's family or close family and friends, but you need to set yourself some boundaries and really work on that and tell yourself you are worthy of people in your life that think you're amazing, that want to see you win, that see all the talents and all the qualities that you have that make you such a unique, incredible person because you are, you absolutely are. But unfortunately, there's people out there that really will have their own confidence issues and will project that onto you. We need to take radical responsibility for the way that our life is, for who we allow into our life, for what we view, what we allow our eyes to see. That is that is something that is in your control and you can't actually blame anyone else for their own behavior. They need to be responsible for their own behavior. 
Surround yourself with people that want to see you win, that love you, that truly care for you. And you know what? Even if that's one or like one person, two people, keep your circle small, but make it of high quality. Otherwise, your energy will be drained and you'll never live out your potential ever. Be mindful of what you feed your mind. So when I'm having a really flat day, I'll try to put in some encouraging music. I'll listen to different manifestations, even a a, pod, uh, a Spotify playlist. I will read quotes. I will listen to podcasts about people who have overcome adversary. I want to inspire myself to number one, know that I'm not alone. And number two, like... I can do, I can achieve whatever I want to achieve, even if I'm having a really flat day. I'm not going to allow myself to ruminate on that negativity because all that's going to do is continuously affect my confidence in a negative way. In summary, if there is one thing I want each and every one of you to do, that is to radically accept yourself, good and bad, and make the most of what you've been given. Because ultimately, This life is so precious and the fact that we have life is such a gift and why waste it in our own heads limiting ourselves when you have been made the way that you are specifically the way that you are with your flaws for a reason and do you know how much you can teach somebody else, how much you can benefit somebody else's life through your own experiences, through your compassion, through your kindness, through your strength. All of those qualities that you hold are so powerful, but you will be the only one that holds you back. Work on yourself, learn about yourself, try new things. Don't allow fear to hold you back and begin to like yourself. You don't need to love yourself right now, but you need to take little steps towards getting to know you, getting to know what you have to offer and living your life free of fear and of judgment, and of self-hatred. And if you need a little pep talk, if you need someone to pump you up, you know I'm your girl. And I will. Send me a DM and I will send you a voice message back because I truly and wholeheartedly believe in each and every one of you. All right, guys, that is it from me. Go into today with your heart open and begin to work on these. It might seem really overwhelming. I'm thinking back to when I was in that really dark place, but start small. Remember, stacking those little wins, creating new habits day in, day out. And I promise you, you will look back and you will think, my goodness, I have come so far. All right. Until next time, big love, Coach Tash.